You can't change where you've been. All you can do is be focused on having the most impact moving forward. Badass. We are the League of Badass Women. 10,000 voices strong. Female friends. Non-binary. Inclusive. Badass. Walking the walk, talking the talk. Transformative conversations on gender, power, womanhood, work, the community, and back again. Perspectives from Boise to Beijing. Gathering to radically redesign leadership. Join us and be heard. Welcome to the League of Badass Women podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Orth. In our previous episode, we dove into another angle of unpacking power and privilege. That's the current Power Talks topic. Specifically, we talked about how to build consciousness around able-bodied privilege. In this episode, we discuss white privilege and how racism is a form of colonization of the mind. If you're tuning in for the first time, Power Talks are in-person, intimate, and often transformative conversations on topics related to unleashing your feminine power. These topics are curated by the League and hosted by and for our badass members. I don't think these conversations happen enough. It's a great opportunity to get awesome women together and figure out how we can progress and move things forward and talk about things that intrigue all of us. Yes, what Barry Ginsburg just said. And this first season of our podcast is based on interviews with Power Talks hosts and participants about what came from these talks. I usually interview badasses for a few hours and then have to whittle their brilliant thoughts down to less than 20 minutes, which is really hard because there's so much more wisdom that comes from these conversations. So that's why today's episode is a continuation of the deep discussion around privilege and power that I had with badasses Jamie Silverman and Barry Ginsburg of New York City and Christina Carrasquillo of Puerto Rico. I know Christina from when we both lived and worked in San Francisco, California, and she's since returned home to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Here in Puerto Rico, I'm basically privileged because the colorism too. Here, the lighter you are, the more privileged you are. Black people, like visibly black people, the darker they are, the worse they are in terms of oppression and the experience in terms of society. Here, I'm considered white. Whereas over there, I'm considered a person of color because I come from the Caribbean. Anything that's not white, you know how it is over there, of course, but here it's the dynamic changes completely. While many of the power talks on power and privilege focused on race, as you heard in episodes such as five and six... When I was writing my own list of privileges, I tried to write ones that felt unique. In the New York City Power Talks, they explored privileges they hadn't ever really explored deeply before. Here's Jamie Silverman. One of the participants in our group talked about the fact that we were able to gather as a privilege. We talked about China, and I visited China before, and I remember we were in Tiananmen Square, and our tour guide was like, I want to talk to you about the history of Tiananmen Square, but we have to get back into the bus because we're not allowed to speak about it in public. The fact that we were able to get together in my office and have a conversation where nobody was bothering us. I had a safe space for people to get together and and do their thing is in and of itself something that a lot of people don't have access to. And here's Barry Ginsburg again. And I don't think I had previously thought about how practicing my religion or talking about it as openly as I do or putting out of office days on the calendar because I'm celebrating a certain holiday. I hadn't thought about that as privilege, but at the end of the day, the freedom to do so and the ability to talk about it openly and not have it be judged, ridiculed, worse. Did you get into the conversation about race as a privilege? I don't think that it was an explicit conversation. I wonder if that's because people are like uncomfortable for us to acknowledge that we are privileged because we are white. I think white is considered normal. 
And if mm. not pointed out, actually, that's just one of the races and that white is a race, then it's just goes unsaid. It's, it's the norm. Right. I think that we all think that we're relatively woke and that we do everything in our power to make sure that we live in a place where just because we are white doesn't give us any extra opportunity, even though we realistically do get that. Knowing that you can walk into a room and not only be listened to, but be believed and be taken for your word and your experience, your expertise. Back in Puerto Rico, Christina spoke about why anti-racist work has to be a primary focus for change, not only on a personal level, but on a greater political level. I work for an organization that mainly focuses on anti-racism and decolonization, which is two things we do not separate because... For us to be colonized, we had to be conditioned to believe that we're an inferior race. Puerto Ricans itself, we're an inferior race. Of course, the media, all the sources which socialize you, the education, your family, those are the things that make us believe that we're an inferior race. And because of it, we won't fit into the vision of world that the United States has. That's how they keep us colonized. Mm. It's very important for the U.S. to racialize us, to put us as a, an inferior race through that process of socializing. We've always been a colony, first of Spain and then the U.S., so we cannot talk from the perspective of other Latin American countries that are already independent republics. We work against the mind of the colonized we don't recognize that this is an Afro-Caribbean nation. We try to negate that part of us because that's the only way we can assimilate to the United States and their expectations. The racism here, it's carried in language. For instance, we call the Afro hair, we call it bad hair. Mm. That's bad hair. Pelo malo. Even black people say, oh, I have bad hair. The conditioning is so strong that you really internalize that. And if you're not conscious about it, you, you perpetrate the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I think for us and for me specifically, what changes that is to become really conscious, really thoughtful, really aware of the language you're using to perpetrate that same racism. And I learned a racist language. Becoming conscious about that and breaking it and understanding where it comes from has a lot to do with how I use my privilege and how I work for the cause. Back in New York, Jamie talked about her own consciousness and using that for positive change. I think I'm just so aware of it and it's always been such a prevalent thing in my upbringing. I can't change the color of my skin. I can't change the situation I was born into and the fact that I, you know, was incredibly, incredibly lucky. Maybe to that end, that is part of why I volunteer so much and why I do want to help host a podcast discussion. That's what I have done and will continue to do with the lucky fate that I was given. Our races, they say it's three races from Spain, from indigenous, and it's a mix of three races and from Africa. Christina went on to talk about racism on an institutional and even political level. For example, the census. In Puerto Rico, they imposed the El Censo from the United States. The race question, they ask questions that don't pertain to us. 
Are you Native American? Are you Asian? And it doesn't make any sense at all. And people don't know how to answer because the truth is that we're none of that. There's not a census that's tempered to our reality. And if you add on to that, that we're colonized into thinking that we're inferior, that's why the results of the census were 80% white people and then only 8% African descent, black. So it's not real. You collect that data to serve the public and, and we don't have the data correct. Meanwhile, racism is injected in the discussions around the U.S. census as well. Trump is still pushing to have a citizenship question added to the census, even after the Supreme Court ruled against it. When we talk about decolonization, we talk about decolonizing the politics, which is the power structure, but we specifically talk about decolonizing the mind, the internalized inferiority or superiority that we have as colonized beings. But with awareness and conscious efforts against racism and colonization, there is still hope. Racism can be eradicated and we can be decolonized. Thanks for listening to the League of Badass Women podcast. Produced by and music by Valerie Orth. Mixed and mastered by Dismix. For more info, visit us at leagueofbadasswomen.org. Email your questions and comments to podcast at leagueofbadasswomen.org. Thanks again to our featured badasses of today's episode. And thank you for being badass.